on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. The Pelicans had a huge drop in attendance this year, but it is definitely on the rise. We get into the macro, the micro, the television, and everything business-wise of the Pelicans. Plus, your mayor making extremely dumb comments. What do you know? And how much is a hot dog worth? That answer could cost you your life. We'll be right back with everything. Polk and Gush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, May 12th, 2022, and we are at post-festival season and officially in summertime. I'm Scott Kusher alongside my co-host, Mr. Andrew Polk, and it is hot as balls outside. It's hot as balls inside, too. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. I've been sleeping on the couch um, because the air conditioning unit uh, is only in my living room. That's fun. So I've been sleeping on the couch like I'm fighting with my wife <laughs> just so I don't uh, suffocate and die in my bedroom. And my landlord said he could put an AC unit in the bedroom I'm like, that is such a security risk. Yeah. Because somebody's just going to come push it in. <laughs> just kill me. And then <laughs> if that doesn't kill me, they'll climb in and finish the job. This one's tall Seems enough. worth it, to be honest. I mean, it could be. And then I bought this fan from Rite Aid, and it's stuck on Oscillate. And I tried to, <laughs> I tried to turn it off, and it snapped off. So I'm going to get electrocuted. Look, my death, <laughs> my death is imminent. Um, but yeah, sleeping on the couch. What about you? Uh, you have central AC. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a problem with that today. <laughs> I replaced the batteries on the thermostat, and then I get a frantic call that uh, the AC is not working and that the thermo- I broke the thermostat. I was like, oh, God. So thankfully, I was able to use Google and we were able to reset it, and so crisis averted. But yeah, it went from uh, like seventy-two to eighty in the course of like an hour and a half uh, oh, yeah. in my upstairs. So, yeah, man, it's getting real around here. It's like ninety degrees. I was trying to uh, see if I could start wearing shorts to work. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm trying. <laughs> like I'm gonna like dip my toe in the water. Can I bring a kiddie pool to bring under my desk? All of my shorts, I look like, you know, an Oxford frat boy. They're like <laughs> the two-inch shorts. Yeah, yeah. They're too short. They're not workplace shorts. <laughs> but then it's like, what, I'm going to wear them with a uh, long sleeve shirt, look like Little Lord Fauntleroy? <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah, that is the conundrum of uh, the business casual short. Uh, remember the, the suits with shorts was a, a thing for a while? Yeah, uh, when at uh, the ACDC era, <laughs> that and there was like I feel like there was a couple NBA drafts where guys were wearing uh, suits with shorts. I thought that was great, I, and that never I don't think it fully stuck. But I was in on it as they, a man whose best 
physical attribute is unquestionably his calves. Yeah. Uh, it's short season is really where we're at. It's why I can't move out of South Louisiana. Well, the short with the suit, I've I tried it on once. It just looked like a child at a funeral. <laughs> Does it like you're wearing a knickerbocker? Yeah, I'm like right? you yeah. know saluting JFK's body <laughs> as it goes by. Um, did you go to Jazz Fest? I did. I went more uh, the first week than last week. I did go on Thursday. It was packed out there, man. Did you go second weekend? No, I was in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, that's right. It was uh, Thursday, which is usually like you know the deadest yeah. day out there, and it was slammed. There was a line. For tickets, so I guess they have half price tickets or f- tickets are fifty dollars that are normally eighty. Uh, and people stood in line. I'm not kidding. It was like a ten block long line, and then it doubled back a couple blocks the other direction because they couldn't go any further because uh, it was like all the way to Mystery Street. And people just sat there and stood there in line. I was like, "Well, what's going on here?" They're like, "This is the line for the tickets because it's locals, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, well." This is really dumb. I was like, is there not a way to buy regular tickets? And someone's like, no, the internet's out, too. I was like, like, the website's out. I was like, oh, God. I was like, so, I was like, this is a disaster. I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. This with my pregnant wife. And, uh. Bombshell. Oh, yeah. And, uh, she, so, thankfully, we had, like, a brass pass that we found from a very generous friend. So, anyway, I was like, you go in. I'll figure it out. It, not exaggerating. By the time I opened the app. And put my credit card information. It was like three minutes. <laughs> and I paid $100 instead of 50 and Because I guess there's fees on top of it. And it's actually 90 at the gate. And I, I skipped out on like a 90-minute line. And I was and like, uh, yeah. At that point, your, your time <laughs> is worth more. Uh, congratulations on being pregnant. Yes. The, we did it. The baby's now seen Elvis Costello or whoever was there on <laughs> that is true. Yes. Thursday. Yes. So uh, it was uh, a very eventful day for uh, for the pregnancy. Those people that uh, were roasting in the sun for an hour and a half to save 30 bucks yeah. are going to be real cheesed off when they get in there and see that water is $14 <laughs> a bottle. I, I, I just was like, I feel very fortunate in my life that I... We'll spend this $50 without thinking for one second about it. Like, it, it, was, it was like, am I literally going to go stand in a line for an hour and a half? I was like, this line is insane. I actually knew someone who was toward the front who I could see, but I didn't have their number. And I'm literally just like standing there waving. and like, can I just buy a ticket? <laughs> and, and, and they were only, I guess you could only buy two tickets per Louisiana license. Uh, so I was trying to like kind of barter with people at the front, be like, I'll just give you the money. I was like, you know, and they're like, no, we can only buy two at a time. So whatever. Uh, I ended up buying it. But yeah, I, I, I just assumed that everything didn't work. And then it did. So it ended up going in there and it was packed. And I guess it was uh, some country singer was in there. Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, something. Zach Brown uh, performed. That was on Saturday, I think, Sunday. Okay. Either way, it was like very much like North Shore Nation was out there. Um, it was a very odd. Fe- it was packed, Man. and uh, it was fun. I, I had a great day, and it was a good time. Weather was actually fairly nice, despite how sunny and warm it was. But, uh, dude, festival's great, man. It was just nice to have it back. I really love jazz. And, and your friend that was at the front of the line that couldn't buy you a ticket, that was Willie Green. Exactly, we yes. Over he that. was like, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw the picture of Willie Green at J. It's always funny when people act like it's magical that people that live in a city go and do stuff in the city. In the city. Like, oh my God. It's yeah. so amazing. He's really embracing the culture. He's really embracing going to a <laughs> restaurant in the city that he lives in. Yeah, that's great. That was a big Sean Payton thing where he lived next to Clancy's, so he would go to Clancy's a lot. I was like, that's really not. <laughs> It's a it's a really good restaurant that's six blocks from his house. This isn't some kind of amazing thing that he's doing. It would be something if he was going to like Neos. Yeah, you know, that'd exactly. be like, oh, he's embracing the culture. He went to Melba's. It he's was going just, up and down the aisles. Yeah. My favorite store is the store next to my house. <laughs> like there's no I'm not seeking anything out other than a place I can go and flip flops. Like he really embraced the culture. He goes to Clancy's. He lives next door. <laughs> Yeah, How is uh, Los Angeles? I, I went uh, on Cinco de Mayo, which is their Mardi Gras. Yes. I uh, hung out. Uh, one of my best friends in Los Angeles is the guy that owns the liquor store that was next to my house oh, there. Oh, nice. There you go. We like, became really good <laughs> you friends. You really embraced the culture of Los Angeles, exactly <laughs> like Sean. I hung out with him. I stayed with my buddy Brian. He's a writer for Kimmel, so I oh, got nice. to stay in a nice place. Nice. And hear all the dirt. Yeah. All the... All the Hollywood gossip. Yeah, which we're going to get into in the third segment of the show. That's right? another, yeah. Yes. There's nothing to talk about <laughs> sports-wise. We'll be talking about which uh, guest host for Kimmel was the worst. Uh, went to a wedding in Palm Springs. I'd actually never been to Palm Springs before. Uh, yeah? It is, it's, it's Jazz Fest. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just California Jazz Fest. It's very warm, right? It was it was like 103, oh 104. Um, but, you know, you're by the pool. Specifically, you're by the It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere pool yes, at Margaritaville course. Resort. <laughs> That's where I stayed. And I really didn't want to. The wedding had like a block, so the rooms were half the price of any other room in the city. <laughs> but Margaritaville looks exactly like my parents' house. <laughs> It's like, I don't want anything to do with, you know. You, like, naturally, like, instinctively just went to the bathroom to smoke cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, ashing on the life's a beach sign. And then you, <laughs> then you swim, or whatever the fuck it says. Did they have a cheeseburger at the restaurant? It uh, was they, they did. Uh, I don't remember it being cheeseburger in paradise. Uh, one of the funniest stories I've ever heard uh, was my friend. My friend was in Chicago, and he went to whoever the minor league team is sure. uh, for the for the Sox or whoever it whoever it was. And uh, they were like, "Now stand up for the national anthem." And they accidentally played "Cheeseburger in Paradise." <laughs> I don't know if there's a funnier song to stand up and salute. <laughs> Yeah, I, Buffett was here, I guess, Sunday. And it is always great when he introduced, when he started, he's like, does anybody here like cheeseburgers? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is just an audience of 65-year-old third graders. Yeah. I was like, that's all this really is. That's, that's Raffy. It's an audience of Stan Van Gundy's. Yes. Whenever it's. Yes. As as well, uh, a friend they... of the show, Monty Shalette said, he is Raffy for adults. What were they called? Like the Reefer? The Coral guy? Reefer Coral Band. Coral Reefers. That's yeah. It. So he's embracing what he is. Yes. Uh, and uh, as far as embracing uh, what they are, uh, we'll pivot here to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, what they are is a team that uh, didn't have 
a whole lot of support for quite some time this season. The New York Post came out with a story uh, this week uh, that basically said the Pelicans lost uh, 33% of their paid ticketed, uh, I guess, uh, attendance from the pre-pandemic season, which was, of course, Zion's rookie year, so it's a little misleading, uh, to this season. So that I think it was the tide for the biggest drop in the NBA with the Rockets. Uh, I thought it was an interesting story. I'm not sure if, if you guys have read it. The New York Post uh, put something out basically saying that attendance across the league shrank this year fairly significantly, uh, but ticket prices kind of across the NBA went up uh, fairly dramatically, I guess, to recoup some of those costs. And the Pelicans really I, I felt like they were one of the ones, the teams that suffered the most. For anybody who went to that building November through March, I think, you know, you saw it pretty blankly there oh yeah i mean it was pretty dead for a while it was this season it was always easy to get tickets it was always easy to get cheap tickets yeah. and a lot of the big sponsors were always giving them out um really it wasn't until the playoffs that there was a surge yeah. of course that's natural now houston is the other team they they equally had yeah the same drop well, they went from the pre-pandemic team had james harden yeah and this one was awful Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's probably the 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 big reveal behind it is just that the worse the team is. Yeah. When there's a deadly virus floating around, <laughs> they're like, well, I don't I don't want to die to see Jameer Nelson. Uh, nobody was willing to risk their lives or the annoyance of having to wear a mask to see Thomas Sadoransky. No. Yeah. So uh, that I, I do think. I think it's interesting the Pelicans experienced such a drop. Uh, the context of having Zion's rookie season in there and how much, how many tickets they sold in anticipation of that, I think gets a little overlooked in there. What it also says to me, though, is that in a lot of ways, that C.J. McCollum deal and the way they kind of finished the season, uh, they didn't save the franchise. I think that's the only person you can say that for is Chris Paul. Like That was very clear they were trying to move the team, and Chris Paul kind of saved the lease like just the fact that, that team was good they had attendance benchmarks like that was a very obvious example i don't think they saved basketball in new orleans this season but they really saved the team in terms of relevancy like mm -hmm. they would have been really hurting as a business going into next year based on those numbers and uh and so credit you know Willie Green, credit Brandon Ingram, credit CJ, the David Griffin for getting CJ McCollum. Like it feels in a lot of ways like they saved this team as far as like being a relevant thing in this city. Yeah, there's definitely a reason to go see the Pelicans. Uh, for most of my time back, whenever I've gone, Zion has been out or Brandon Ingram has been out and it's been a bummer yeah now there are some personalities around that i think people want to go see i mean jose alvarado had a guest appearance on tnt the other night so yeah. he's kind of having like a fun little moment and i think these are like actual personalities which new orleans is not accustomed to having no. even the superstars here mostly personality -less, you know yeah Zion is comparable to a Fig Newton when it comes to <laughs> charisma and, uh, you know, what he says to the media. Anthony Davis, who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, you know, who cares? Yeah. 
Nice so, guy, but who cares? But but now there's like actual personality on the team, uh, stemming from the Halloween photo where there was Scooby Doo and all that yeah. stuff. Uh, so hopefully the Pelicans can can capitalize on that. This goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode about like marketing, knowing what what is valuable on the team, knowing what people want to see. Uh, and the Pelicans, uh, you know, for the ticket woes, they have sold out the floor yeah. uh, season tickets for this upcoming season, which mm-hmm. which bodes very well and is a direct result of these players having some personality and fun and being a good team. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I just thought it was really stark to see that number and go like, wow, like they had the biggest or tied for the biggest drop off in terms of ticket attendance because you can see it. But I guess it doesn't really sink in like over the course of a season. Now, I also think COVID protocols and people scared of COVID, the two of those, you know, the two ends of the spectrum of that, those who didn't want to wear a mask and those who didn't want to show a Vax card, along with people who were just scared of, you know, getting COVID, uh, did scare away at least a chunk of the audience. But really going three and 16, Zion not being there and the cloudiness of that situation uh, it was a, a it, it does show a very stark impression of where things were not that long ago. We're talking this season they had that level of drop off. A season that I think everyone across the league, certainly across the city and the organization, considers it a success, and yet they still suffered through all of that. And I do think it says a lot. I think it, it just presents it in such a uh, a black and white light. To say, like, man, look at the difference that this freaking team went through. Just a, a total 180 in one season. Yeah, I want to find a way to blame it on COVID protocol, too. Because yeah. New Orleans had very stringent mm-hmm. uh, COVID protocol yeah. off and on for two years. I don't know about Houston. I know Portland was somewhat similar. Yes. Uh, and this is, of course, specifically only in Orleans Parish, not the rest of Louisiana. Yes. where. The Chinese flu uh, was the preferred <laughs> term uh, and still is, yeah. as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, the China virus. <laughs> yeah, if you buy gloves at the store, they call you gay. <laughs> you know, all the stuff that used to happen did not happen in Orleans. And I think people were just so beaten down. And, you know, service industry, ticket takers, people at concession stands in New Orleans – they're not like triple A level service. Mm. So going to a game, you never knew who you were gonna get. Yep. You didn't know if you were gonna get the dancing uh um the, the dancing seat guy yeah, or you the, were gonna get the one that like screamed at you for eating juju bees with yeah, your mask off. Exactly. Yeah, there was a lot of inconsistency with the enforcement. It was tough. It was a t- it was just not between the team sucking all of that stuff, it was, it was very hard to get on board. And it does speak volumes that they were able to make such a, uh, a dynamic turnaround in one season to where everybody kind of enters this offseason with such good feelings about it. And I think you'll see that number really reverse itself, even though the city isn't in any better condition than it was, you know, a year ago, I guess, with Ida and all that. That was a little closer to home. But, like, it's not as if the city's doing great. But it is just that the team has kind of struck a chord. And I I think uh, that underscores it more than anything. And the way to keep that momentum going as much as we know is to get the TV deal Mm -hmm. right. Uh, That is kind of the biggest piece of business side information uh, that's coming out for the Pelicans. Uh, A couple providers I know that are on the table. 
uh, Bally's Sports introduced that they might have a $20 a month streaming option. So you can buy that if you don't have cable. You can pay for $20 a month to get Bally Sports. And if the Pelicans re-up with them, that's how you would be able to stream the games. As someone who retrieves the games from Azar Jabon, uh, <laughs> would that be attractive enough for you? Or do you think that is a wildly overpriced figure? Uh, it's overpriced, but just the convenience of being able to turn it on and have it there yeah. is worth it. I paid... Uh, I think it was about 15 or $16 a month uh, through Sling when I was living in Los Angeles to get the Pelicans yeah. channel. Uh-huh. The downside to that was it was just live games. There were no replay. I mean, you could DVR it. Yeah. There was no replays. There was no other content on that channel. Yeah. So if the, if this Bally streaming service has other, like, you could stream games. Yeah. You could watch post games. Studio shows. If there were multiple yeah. audio options, I would love to be able to watch a broadcast with the radio audio. Yeah. I'm sure, like, licensing and stuff like that. They, I, I, I don't know how that works. But uh, I, I would pay it just to never think about it again. Yeah. I, it is wildly overpriced. Yeah. I mean, that's a really uh, it, that's, I think it's a pretty brutal price point when you consider the context of the market. Right. Like not only is New Orleans uh, not a particularly rich market. There's only two teams here in the Saints and the Pelicans. And the Breakers. Yeah, <laughs> the Breakers. You're not going to get Saints games on there or really any Saints content. So you're going to pay for this Bally Sports. I think it would work well in a market where you also had a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, then you get both the baseball and the basketball team. And it's all $20 a month. But no one here is going to sign up for Bally Sports whatever. And the only thing they get is the Pelicans. It just seems like paying $20 a month to watch Pelicans road games, you couldn't have paid people to watch those games not that long ago. Right. Now, I guess their thought is that you have a pretty built-in core audience there and that no matter what you charge them, they will pay it. Uh, but it does seem crazy when you think Netflix is, what, $14? HBO Max is $15? Spotify is $10? Like, nothing is $20 a month, and yet watching road pelicans games is yeah. going to be worth $20 a month to people I, I think really the issue too it it maybe the $20 itself isn't like a total game like ender but it's the fact that all those things that you just named Spotify, HBO, Netflix people already have those yeah you don't want to add on to that so i mean for $20 a month you could cancel every streaming service you have and get regular cable. Sure. Is anybody going to do that? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not wild about throwing another $20 on the monthly. You know, everything is a subscription box now. They're hoping everybody just forgets and it charges you forever. I don't have that much confidence in the Bally app. If I'm, it's like, so I'm going to pay twenty dollars for this thing that has never worked very well. Yeah, it sucks now. Am I paying for you to develop it? Yeah. Like what what <laughs> what is the money? I guess. Do you think it's enough though that like that plan? If that's the strategy, right? So we know Pelicans. The Pelicans want their games streamed. That was a huge point of contention this year. You could not get it mm-hmm. unless you had a cable password. Um, do you think that plan is sufficient enough for them to re-sign with Bally's, or do you think it would be enough to like 
cut it off and be like, no, we have to go in a different direction. I mean, the, the Pelicans over the last two seasons or one and a half seasons have seemed to make the correct decisions regarding uh, a toxic environment, uh, you know, players, coaches, what have you. They, they've been making the right steps and disassociating themselves from things that are not beneficial to the team. Yeah. This is not beneficial to the team. No. It addresses a problem poorly. Yeah. And hopefully the new look, new feel, better guided Pelicans realize that and don't just, you know, pull the trigger on it so people can stream. Yeah. Hopefully they look for a better solution and we get one. Yeah. And I don't know what those options are. Uh, it's not certain if it's NBC Sports. I don't think they're in the running anymore. Uh, there's some smaller outfits that I think are out there, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's got to be able to be, number one, carried by cable here. Uh, and then number two, you would like something that has a partnership with Hulu or YouTube TV or something that slings, something that people yeah. get that you don't have to have a separate, completely separate subscription service mm-hmm. in order just to buy this thing. And uh, I, I, I personally think it will end up being Bally's. I think they're going to be the highest bidder because they're launching the streaming service. They have the most incentive to want to buy the rights. So, like, even I don't think most people give a shit. Like, the New Orleans market is so small, and the Pelicans have such a small footprint in the, the region. Like, I don't think it's that valuable to literally anybody else but Bally's because they're starting this thing. So it'll be, I guess, an increase in revenue for the team, but that's going to piss off a lot of people if that's the case. And I don't know what effect it will really have. Like, if you're the Pelicans... And you're thinking about it from the other direction, right? It's like, okay, so when we were 3-16, and 16, no one came to the games. We lost a gazillion dollars in ticket revenue. Uh, no one cared. No one showed up. Then we got good. The building sold out. Everyone cared. Everyone loved us. We were the greatest thing in the world. The TV deal never changed during that time. Mm-hmm. So does it really matter? To the Pelicans? That's what I'm saying. Does it really matter? Like, we talk about it, access to the games, because we want people to watch the games. Does it really matter? To the players, to the coaches, to the staff, no. Does it ha- like? Do you think the team would have caught on earlier if they had a better TV deal this year, or do you think it literally was just like no? Yeah, no chance. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, this, you know, it it could have been free. It could have been, <laughs> you know, it could have been. Packaged <laughs> on NBC, yeah, uh, in between like hurricane updates during <laughs> Ida, and people would have been turning it off. They're like, I don't need to hear about w- if my house is standing. I don't want to watch this. Yeah, and so I do think that's like the devil's advocate argument is like, let's just take the one with the most money because if we win, people will show up, and if we lose, they won't, and it doesn't really matter what the TV options are. Uh, but I do think, you know, the way this team caught on, I do think people would want to watch it starting next season. Like, C.J. McCollum had right. his podcast this week, and he basically said, he's like, I came here as a visiting player a lot to the to New Orleans. He's like, I was obviously there for the 20-something games before the playoffs started. He's like, I've never seen a, uh, uh, a switch flip like that. Yeah. Where, like, all of a sudden it went from being, like, one of the most, like, tedious boring environments in the nba to like one of the best he's like they're singing and they're everybody's crazy and everybody loves the team he's like and it happened in essentially a week you know Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden it changed and so you would think if you have people who could watch 
the games, especially younger people who can watch the actual games, uh, it would be a benefit. But they filled the building even with the crappy TV they had this year. Well, they need to realize the trend. People are leaving New Orleans yes. in droves. Yes. They need a way to watch these games <laughs> from Nashville, Tennessee, yes. from Aust- Asheville, North Carolina, Austin Texas. Austin, Texas. Yes. Jackson Hole. Yeah. Pelicans <laughs> could be the most popular team in Jackson Hole. People are leaving. So if you want to cultivate the fan, this is how you get worldwide. This is how you cultivate a fan base. That's true. Destroy the city. <laughs> Everybody disperses. And then like little Johnny Pelican seeds, they spread Pelican's joy to whatever, you know, hipster city they move to. Really great. They just played five games a year in every market with the highest. We're like, playing five games in Boise, yeah. playing five games in Jackson Hole, playing five games in Austin. We're playing in the Centenary yeah. Dome in <laughs> Shreveport. <laughs> and they're, they're just the growth pelicans. Yeah. They're growing, growing metropolis pelicans. I think that's what they should do. We could do that. Yeah. Or we could do the Polk and Kush streaming service where I just set up <laughs> like an OnlyFans <laughs> camera while I'm watching the game on TV. You can tune in. We'll do like the chat thing at the bottom so people can, you know, tell me I'm bald and <laughs> ugly. I have a big greasy head. And that your house looks like it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They'll see the steam coming off the Roku. Are you sleeping on the couch, sir? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh it's it's probably the biggest, you know, the team itself feels like it's in a really good position, right? So this stuff the ephemeral things, the business things, the whatever uh, fan base things actually feel like they are the most important parts of where the conversation is around the Pelicans right now. And that is actually a pretty damn good place for this team to be. It is. And it's not where we expected. No, this is not the conversation we expected to have a year ago. No, the last two off seasons, we talked about who the coach is going to be because yeah. <laughs> they fired them. <laughs> the year before that was who's going to be the GM. And the year before the year after that was who's going to be the coach. The year after that was who's going to be the coach. And this year it's uh, who, where the game's going to be on now, TV. Now we're talking about how to see how to watch the team. Yeah. So the progress. Yeah. There's a clear arc of progress. Absolutely. There. Yeah. So uh, we'll get into a whole lot more we of course have uh dumbfounding comments from our wonderful mayor and of course your favorite segment so stick around we'll be right back polk and kush it is you put past in a swamp and that's nonsense in a nutshell baby it's always treacherous in New Orleans, uh, period. It's always treacherous in New Orleans calling 911. You don't know if somebody's going to answer. They might uh, pick up the phone and go, hey, are you that guy from the podcast? <laughs> and you're calling me about a man standing near your neighbor's car? Okay, we'll send out the Rocketeer. Like, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, the woes continue. There are now EMS staffing shortages that are greatly affecting 911 response times. Oh, claim. man. So if they can answer the call. Yeah, they can answer the call. You're on phone. You're, you're, on, <laughs> you're on hold with 911. You're listening to Love Shack after you've been stabbed in the brain. Yes. And then someone comes on. And you're like, hey, I need an ambulance. And they're like, that's another department. Yeah, that's right. sorry about that. <laughs> Nobody works there either. You need a who? I'm sorry, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> 
The 911 <laughs> operators in New Orleans will say that they're going through a tunnel and hang up on you. Oh, my God. Um, whenever the six people were wounded at the balcony bar shooting, uh, New Orleans EMS uh, made it to the scene three minutes after the initial 911 call. We had a paramedic on the ground assessing those who were injured. We transported three individuals from that scene and then later on transported another individual from a hospital uptown to the trauma center. The response time was remarkable when you consider how short staff they are. There are 34 vacancies in a department budgeted for 176. Oh, my God. The city is now paying to backfill EMS with teams from Acadian Ambulance. (laughs) I've also never seen, like, let's say you span the gauntlet. You've spoken to someone at 911. You're not dead yet. They're sending an ambulance. (laughs) I have never seen anyone in this city move their car even slightly (laughs) for an ambulance. In in California, if you are on the other side of the road and there's a divider, you have to pull over. Yeah. In California, in in Louisiana, I've seen people roll their eyes at the ambulance. Flick them off. Yeah. I also love, like, if there's ever, like, a fire truck or a police car or an ambulance that goes through a red light, so you kind of have to, like, stay still while the the thing goes through, and then they'll just keep going through the red light, because, like, oh, I should have made this light, so I'm just going to keep going, and it's like, when the other guys have a green light, and they're just like, what the fuck is going on here? And it'll last, like, 10 to 15 seconds before somebody's finally like, okay, I think it's been long enough. Yeah. Well, people see someone doing something here, and then it snowballs. Yes. So the ambulance goes through, and they're like, I'm, I'm as important as an ambulance. I'm going to Wendy's. That's as important as putting the paddles on somebody's, you know, waxed up chest. Happy hour at ale ends in, uh, in two hours. It so never I, ends. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get there right now. I guess the... Uh, well, also, the starting salary for an EMT is under 39000 a year. Ugh. Uh, you could, That's you could, a terrible job. You can make that much work in fast food now, can't you? And you would see less horrific injuries. Yeah. <laughs> Fewer. You'd see some. <laughs> <laughs> I, some, of the most, some of the most fucked up stuff I've ever heard has been from EMTs. Yeah. Like, what they see, what they have to deal with, especially with like fentanyl overdoses now. Yeah. Everybody's overdosing. Everybody's getting in car crashes. These people are getting paid less than a bar back. Yeah, like, and this is this is where it's like, okay, there's no staffing shortage. You guys just aren't paying anyone a living wage because all of the tax money is getting taken mm-hmm. by the politicians instead of it going to the people that yeah. it's supposed to go to mm-hmm. so that tends to be how this works it's like oh if you paid seventy five thousand dollars for ems i promise you'd have a lot more ems workers there yeah you sure would yeah but you know how can they afford it since an ambulance ride costs thirty thousand dollars <laughs> and where every, would the money come yeah, from every street is kind of under construction right now so, so the story provides no solutions or answers this is polk and kush we always provide a solution and an answer don't get injured. <laughs> Avoid bullets. Yeah. Don't take fentanyl. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We found your solution. Dr. Polk uh, on the case. Uh, I'll take the next uh, very uh, uplifting story here. Uh, NOLA.com. 
with a report from the uh, data center it says population declines in most Louisiana parishes, except for the outer ring suburbs. New Orleans and Jefferson Parish each saw their population drop by more than 7,000 people. Uh, so these are these 14,000 people who I would like to call the smart ones uh, who <laughs> decided to depart our fair city uh, and its closest uh, suburb. Uh, have decided that it was uh, no longer worth it. Allison Plyer, uh, the head of the data center, says Louisiana's had a really rough go since COVID hit. Not only the highest loss of job rates uh, in the nation, had the greatest number of disaster declarations by far, and in many cases we don't have healthcare services in many parts of the state. Adults with anxiety or depression, some of the highest in the nation, has tripled since COVID hits. By some measures, we went from the happiest states in the country to one of the most anxious. So in case you were wondering, like, oh, have I been living in a hellscape that normal people with real working brains are leaving in droves? The answer to that question is a resounding yes. yes. Everything that you've thought is going as badly is going exactly as badly as you think it is going. And I'm sure they, uh, <laughs> Louisiana is breathing a sigh of relief that this data came out before the laws this week are making condoms illegal. <laughs> if you have an IUD, you, you get thrown in the pit. Yes. And God forbid you want you want to nix that baby. Yeah. You're going right to the gulag. Yeah. The Schmorschen uh, Clinic is going to have some troubles. Uh, yeah, well, that's a good way to fix data, <laughs> fix the population uh, drain, I suppose. I <laughs> uh, have another, you know, 14,000 babies, I suppose, in the city. Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 this was like the least surprising yet kind of uh, dispiriting thing that I'd read in a long time. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. But uh, we can look at it from those like uh, doofuses at Jazz Fest that like uh, they were doing like the ceremony or whatever yeah. with. Those people, the like positively NOLA, they look at it as more room for gumbo. <laughs> get out of here, 14,000. People always get so defensive when they're like somebody will, you know, they'll tweet about like, oh, a bunch of babies were killed with hammers today in New Orleans. And yeah. then somebody will respond and go, I'm glad I left New Orleans. And everyone's like, good. Yeah. Get the fuck out. <laughs> It's like he he's glad. Yeah, what are you talking about? We're all we're all envious of his ability <laughs> to make it work. There is just you know there's a stickiness to this city that those of us who are mentally deranged enough to live here uh, and and like living here for you know most of the time we obviously all have our qualms but. Uh, you know, we all recognize that we're a little off, yeah. right? You have to kind of love the pain a little bit. I think I'd be really bored in a city like Denver where everything works well. Yeah. I'd be like, what am I supposed to bitch about here? What are you going to do? Walk that rope in between two trees at the park yeah. that the hippies do? Yeah. Like, what am I going to do here? Devil I don't have nothing sticks? to talk about. You, you can stand in line at any place in this city, and you have a hundred things to talk about with the guy in front of you. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you all are going through the same bullshit that, ever, that everybody else here is. And it is just a very comforting. It's like a warm hug. There's a lot less stories in Denver because it's like, man, I went to the post office today, <laughs> mailed a package. It was... I got my water bill today. It was correct. 
What are you going to do? Yeah. Like, how boring. What a boring story. Nothing to say. Yeah. Uh, the good news for the city is that St. Tammany Parish, home of the North Shore, uh, gained uh, nearly 4,500 people almost entirely due to residents relocating there. <laughs> According to NOLA.com. So uh, when you're like, oh, it seems like everybody's moving to the North Shore. They are. So now the North Shore will just be really crowded and the South Shore will be not crowded. Maybe they should just move the Pelicans to the North Shore. It could work. (laughs) I'm just saying. I like the North Shore. I went specifically to the North Shore a couple weeks ago just to go to Waffle House. Just to go to a North Shore Waffle House. Yeah, it was great. There was a bookstore. There's like a big half-price books. It's called. It's called something. It's like a street name. But uh, it was. I was like, this is great. <laughs> I was walking around. I didn't have my machete out held over my head for security reasons. It's just a man living. I never go there. I think I've been to North Shore literally. I think I've been in Mandeville once in the last eight years i have no i might as well be in new mexico when i cross that bridge i have no idea where i'm going we gotta go yeah to the, to the bookstore in mandeville <laughs> go. there is a nice bar that's right there on the lake too i know all of our north shore fans email polk and kush at gmail.com we'll we'll go to your favorite bar we'll do an episode yeah from there. we'll do yeah. and uh, then we'll drive drunk over the bridge to see what happens i'll drive us back yeah <laughs> that's right uh and then of course we have a wonderful tweet from our mayor which which really set the world on fire if you would like to inform our audience of this one i noticed something from this uh i'm sure a lot of the listeners saw it uh latoya is at a climate convention and uh it's in aspen colorado correct yes no well it's the aspen institute the the conference was in miami okay either way (laughs) yeah she same diff she is somewhere else. Yes. Somewhere tropical and nice. Uh-huh. Aspen, Colorado. <laughs> with the parrots flying around and the luau's and the flower necklace when you get off the boat. She's there at the climate uh, conference. And you think it makes sense that she's there. Sure. But you think she'd be like sitting in a big chair going, yeah, man, we're fucked. <laughs> Or like taking diligent notes. Yeah, hey, can you guys help? Like, get it, get some business cards, Latoya. Get some business cards from people that are fixing climate change. Yeah, do, no one's doing that. Yeah, or at least you know, coping with it. No, she's there talking as a leading expert. Unbelievable. Um, she says regarding New Orleans, we have truly learned how to quote live with water. And as a result, New Orleans has become a national leader in building smart green infrastructure. I want to take, like, no one here laughed, which is pretty funny. Yeah. What what are those people doing? I don't know. This looks like the B squad for the view. (laughs) They're, you know, they're there. Um,. Enduring her talking about what a green city New Orleans is. I mean, this is a city that, Lord. as of a month ago, increased littering fines to like a thousand dollars because people are so uh, hell bent on throwing garbage out the window. Yeah. This is a city that wallowed in its own garbage for six to seven months 
after a hurricane. This is a city that still doesn't offer recycling this in is 2022. A, there are multiple videos. If you look at the uh, look at this fucking street uh, Instagram, there's yeah. tons of videos of uh, those guys throwing the recycling into the regular trash truck. And people are posting those as, as feats of achievement. They're like, <laughs> look, my garbage got picked up. And then you're like, yeah, but they also threw the recycling in there. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I sincerely cannot think of one green thing about New Orleans. No, I don't understand what you saw. I guess there's like some ditches that are like water reservoirs technically. I don't know. Every time it rains, it floods. We have we are the opposite of learning to live with water. The water lives on top of us. The water uh, dominates us. It owns us. She also said in the little video clip that she posted something like, it's really simple when you think about it. And then like 10 seconds later, she said, it's actually pretty complicated. <laughs> so it was just like, not only was what she was saying just completely absurd, the way she said it was remarkably dumb. So even the dumbest person, the most gullible person in the audience would have been like, oh, well, what she's saying makes absolutely no sense. Not, not to mention she's completely lying. Uh, yeah, we have like the worst infrastructure in the world. And of course, we have the worst green infrastructure in the world. People are still smoking cigarettes here like it's 1981. Like People are smoking inside for the most part. <laughs> it's like we have, we have no, but there's no public transportation except the streetcar, which goes to like, you know, one one thousandth of the city. Uh, there's it's the least green city on Earth. I cannot seriously cannot understand why they would invite her to speak up there unless it was like to just throw tomatoes at her while she's on the stage. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an absolute clown show. And in this thread of tweets, she refers to how resilient we are. Yeah. Resilient is an insult at this point. Yes. It's just these morons will put up with whatever yeah. I say and do because yeah. they are too stupid and too <laughs> poor to leave or to vote me out. Who are they going to vote in? The Chick-fil-A stop sign mayor guy? Still should have done it. I mean, they should have. We should have invested in that campaign. We, sh we need to have that, like, California governor campaign from, like, 98. Where oh, it was, yeah. like, porn stars. <laughs> Gary Coleman. Alf was running. And, and then they actually elected Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. We could get somebody. We could get Stifler's mom or John Goodman. <laughs> Both New Orleans <laughs> residents. You get the guy from Arcade Fire. Sure. You got Anthony Mackie. I think he'd be good, yeah, right? Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah. Uh, the, my, the, the tweet is, of course, ratioed to death. Uh, she posted it on May 10th. It has 107 comments. It has 134 quote tweets and 30 likes. <laughs> No, no and, and every quote tweet is just like, what are you talking about? This bitch is crazy. <laughs> like, it's not it's not even loading for me. I think I've have I been banned from Twitter again? <laughs> it's not even loading for me, but I'm just gonna literally read I'm opening the quote tweets and I'm just gonna read four the four top ones like that just showed up. Our infrastructure is almost fucking non existent. I don't know what the fuck this woman is talking about. Live with water. Lady, don't piss me off. You're goofy ass from Los Angeles anyway. <laughs> when did Mayor Cantrell start working for the onion? This is either a lie or a nation is well and truly fucked. 
<laughs> That's just a sample completely random off the top. Uh, everyone thought this was stupid. It was. It's very hard to find a universal opinion on Twitter. Everybody is contrarian about something. Oh, yeah. No one was contrarian about that. Every single person thought that was stupid. I think she blocked us. Look at this. Oh, yes. I think she blocked us because nothing is coming up. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Well, can we now? Not, we don't personal. have to pay taxes now, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Latoya. You can destroy the city I love. You can make every aspect of my life more difficult. You can scare and horrify my loved ones with a rampant crime rate. But this is a bridge too far. <laughs> Blocking our podcast. But at least they, you know, the city is definitely paying for her to be in Miami and get hammered the entire week and stay at probably, you know, a $600 night hotel. So I'm glad that we're doing that. Yeah. And uh, it's always nice to say, like, she tweeted, she didn't tweet. No, yeah. Some idiot who was like, oh, God. (laughs) Somebody on a jitterbug phone is not able to. I feel like Latoya's phone probably has, like, she's going, like, swimming. It's probably... (laughs) There's like a lanyard around it so she doesn't lose her phone. It's like uh, attached to the belt loop, you know, like your uncle. (laughs) Dude, my uncle. What? Just a, you know, everybody's uncle has the the, uh, uh, phone that clips onto their. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, so they don't lose it. Uh, A holster, if you will. Uh, It was great. It was a real moment that brought New Orleans together. How bad that tweet was. So thank you, LaToya, for uh, uniting the city. We appreciate it. And uh, if you keep us blocked, we're just going to have to keep coming at you. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd praise you endlessly. Uh, (laughs) Because that is not even the worst thing I saw this week. That, of course, we will talk about right now on the worst what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things that I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or read this week. That has to be four times that we said the worst in a row. Yeah, I we know. ended it with two. Yeah. Then there's a song, and then I said it. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, they know what the name of the segment is now. For all you new listeners out there. This comes from MSNBC. You know, those liberal goons (laughs) and more liberal propaganda. (laughs) Yes. Vendor sustains life-threatening injuries after charging $6 for a hot dog. That is criminal. What will Sleepy Joe think (laughs) up next? I bet Joe Biden doesn't call it a hot dog. He probably calls it a glizzy. (laughs) A pair of men in Texas were arrested Wednesday after they allegedly beat a hot dog vendor almost to death over the prices of his street meat. Oh, my God. Jeremy Delgado and Bobby Wynn, 21 and 19, are facing second-degree felony aggravated assault charges after leaving an Austin, Texas vendor with life-threatening Injuries stemming from $6 hot dogs, police said. <laughs> the incident occurred around 2 a.m., so everyone's sober. Uh-huh. Following, yeah. I, I wonder if this is around 6th Street. Uh-huh. Following a dispute between Delgado and the vendor who told him the $6 price, what Delgado appeared to consider overpriced street meat caused him to scream at the vendor and things got out of hand, according to one witness. Shocking. 
Delgado and Wynn punched and kicked the vendor several times. The unidentified and bloodied vendor was later found by police and transported to a local hospital with life-threatening injuries. He suffered a head gash requiring staples, widespread pain, and a lacerated liver. Good lord. The suspects were detained in a nearby parking lot with blood-stained clothing. One of the suspects removed his shoes and attempted to place them in a nearby vehicle and thus faces tampering with evidence charges as well. They are currently booked in a Travis County jail on a $25,000 bond. I don't mean to state the obvious here, but couldn't they have just not bought the hot dog? Yeah, I think that's probably... (laughs) I mean... $6 for a street uh, hot dog in Austin at 2 a.m., not that bad. What are you going to do? Go to Costco at 2 a.m.? Yeah. Drunk? Your no. choices are limited. The guy should... Yeah, it's like a supply and demand. I bet it's a good hot dog. I bet it's one of those bacon-wrapped ones oh, on, yeah. like the, on like the flat-top grill. Isn't a Lucky Dog $6? Lucky Dog's incredibly expensive. Right? Yeah. It's pretty expensive. And you would think they would be the ones getting beaten up on <laughs> Bourbon Street. Yeah. All those violent maniacs. Yeah, especially after they've urinated in the chili. People treat the Lucky Dog vendors uh, like the heroes they truly are. They're like, oh my God, thank you so much. Yes. I didn't have to buy, you know, rat pizza. Yes. God, that pizza is terrible on Bourbon <laughs> Street. Goodness gracious. Uh, the Lucky Dog is delightful. It's a delightful little treat. It is. Well, this dog, not so lucky. He is currently on, uh, it looks like he's still on life support. Why would you get that mad over the price of the hot dog? I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe the... It's an advertised price, right? Or you think he like, they like he gave it to them and then it was like 12 bucks. And then they were like, what do you mean 12 bucks? That could be it. Um, you know, I'm not sure. That I, is nuts. If he accepts cards, it's fine. If it's cash, okay, maybe. <laughs> maybe I see the need for violence if somebody wants six American dollars in the form of cash at 2 a.m. Yes. Nobody's carrying cash. Yes. Not in the hot dog district. I do have a friend when we were in New York. Uh, he is, uh, of course, an attorney, and he uh, was negotiating with one of those Sabrette guys mm-hmm. at literally 4.30 in the morning and negotiating over the price of the hot dog between like 3 and $4. I was like, this is beyond comprehension that you're doing this right now. And, uh, and you know, it, it didn't seem like the first negotiation that guy had been a part of. So I think this happens relatively often. I don't think the guys often get beaten within an inch of their life. Probably not. Now, a hot dog... And the pricing of hot dogs do incite violence. This is uh, not the first instance. The uh, CEO of Costco was in a board meeting and said to somebody who was suggesting raising the hot dog price from a dollar, he said, I will kill you. This is 100% (laughs) true. He told another grown man who suggested raising the hot dog price that he would end his life <laughs> it is amazing that hot dog at costco and the drink is a dollar fifty and it's it's the best hot dog you've ever had it's great and they've got the toppings and it's not like i guess it gets people to show up it's a pretty crazy thing but the uh, is it so it does make you think that yeah. the six dollar hot dog is an enormous ripoff it's gonna have to be really good right 
I guess they, the Costco stand, like you said, isn't open at 2 o'clock in the morning after 150 beers, though. You know, maybe this hot dog vendor was like, oh, it's too much for your, your broke ass? <laughs> Why don't you get out of here, then? Yeah, what are chomp. you going to do, kick my ass? <laughs> you know? Hey, how come you got a pool cue? <laughs> I just like to throw blame to everyone yeah, to the victims. The yes, exactly. <laughs> it clearly is a victim. What was fault. this hot dog vendor wearing? <laughs> Uh, on that note, that'll take us through another wonderful episode of Polk and Kush. Thank you also very, very, very much for listening. Uh, we do deeply appreciate it. Please like, rate, subscribe, especially if you're on Spotify. Go rate us. Uh, we've seen a little uptick there, but we could always use some more. Uh, thank you so very much uh, for listening. And please reach out polkandkush at gmail.com if there's anything that we can do for you or if you have any suggestions for us. Uh, as always, please go drink an ale on Oak and bet on games at DraftKings. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. See ya.